Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. I'm Tyler Tischler, Associate Editor at Reader Views, filling in for Irene Watson. And I'm Victor Volkman from Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'd like to welcome all our listeners to episode number 156 in our series. Tonight's topic will be how to prepare for an internet radio interview with special guest Cyrus Webb. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. We'd love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send us your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. Now, tonight we are on the line with Cyrus Webb, the president of Conversations Media Group, the home of Conversations Live radio show, Conversations Magazine, Conversation Pieces web show, as well as Conversations Book Club. He has been active in the arts for over a decade and has used his passion for engaging discussions to build his media brand. Through his radio show, he has interviewed Pulitzer Prize winners, celebrity musicians and actors, as well as individuals with powerful stories to tell. Since he first began Conversations Live in 2003, no guest or story has been too small for him to cover. Through all his endeavors, Webb vows to stay true to his company's motto of feeding your love of life. Well, welcome, Cyrus. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you, Cyrus. Um, let's let's get started by just telling us a little bit about um, uh, if an author wants to be interviewed on the radio, and, and hopefully all authors do, um, or or even some other kind of a show besides radio. What what, um, what should they do starting out? How do they figure out what show they should be on, and, and what kinds of things do you, um, do you suggest that they do in terms of their homework beforehand? Yeah. That that is always to me one of the most important things is to make sure that the show that you're interested in has an audience that's interested in you. And for us, I've been fortunate that we we are kind of a smorgasbord of of individuals for those who have stories to tell, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, or um, inspirational, classical, uh, whatever it might be. But I think it, it's important for them to know a little bit about the show, a little bit about the host, and what their interests are before they actually figure, okay, I'm going to pitch myself um, to this person and hope that they that they you know will contact me for an interview. Okay, so since you, um, I know you've interviewed lots of authors, so could you um, could you give us uh, like an idea if you were an author and you wanted to be on your show, what what kinds of things would be important to know about your show? Well, one thing that has been very important for me, uh, actually since the very beginning, is that I actually read the books. Um, I know. Not everyone has the time to do that, but for my particular show, the type of interview I like to do, I like to actually know what I'm talking about. Um, more than just suggested questions that people might send, um, I kind of like to be able to, because I'm, I'm a naturally inquisitive individual, like to know exactly you know, what, you know, what it is in front of me, what the person is offering, and, and how best to be able to approach my audience with it. So what they would need to know about my show is to make sure that they are not sent, you know, emailing me about an interview for the next week or so. I typically book my show six weeks out, um, so they need to make sure that they keep that in mind when they are, are contacting us. And also, um, to make sure, I mean, my preference is books that are, are actually hard copies. Um, I know a lot of people do read the Kindles. Those are actually slower for me to read. Um, I actually prefer to have the hard copies. So 
and that kind of information I do put on our website because I do like people to know we do, of course, welcome everyone. Um, but just make sure that you you fit in those guidelines with us so that you know we can then make sure to give you the best interview possible. Okay, so um, when Victor introduced you, he mentioned that uh, the, you you have said that you have no guest or story that's too small to cover. Right. So, um, but I imagine I, I don't know how many people you get wanting to be on the show. But how do you sort of narrow down who gets to be on the show and who doesn't, or or do you have do you have maybe some some stories of people that just were completely not fit to be on the show? Yeah, yeah. I have um, as an individual who anyone who has seen any part of our format knows that I'm a I'm a personally a, a, a pretty much a conservative guy. Um I have interviewed a little bit of everyone, but it's all about again the the pitch. Um you, you know there is when I say that there's there's no story too small, I, I really am an issues driven individual, but I don't want you to come on the show and think you're going to be able just to espouse your own view. Um especially if it's something that I feel like deserves a challenge. Um, a great example is I just had uh, someone who wanted to come on the show uh, on our primetime show, which is our, our most um, you know most heavily trafficked show for our online audience, and they wanted to talk about the quote unquote war on women that they felt like was going on. And I read the pitch; it was a very well written pitch. But I, I wrote them back and told them, "Hey, you know, would love to have you on, but I would have to have a guest there to give a different perspective." And and so what I would want people to know is that you know I, I don't mind you sharing your story. I don't mind you sharing your passion with us. But when it comes to something that um, people may not see it your way, um, I, I do like to have the opposite opinion uh, being voiced as well. So just just know that it's a balanced program. Um, we, you know, if it's your personal story, you know, I, I would love to be able to share your experience and let our listeners make their decision from that. But if it's your opinion um, that you want to come on and, and advocate for something, just know I'd like to have someone there as an opposing view. Great. That's that's some great background on your show. Um, one of the things that authors run into sometimes is how old is too old for a book to be pitching to the media? Do you have any thoughts on that? You know, I, that, that's an interesting question for me because I, I have found, you know, some books that I now, because I do do my own personal reading too, and sometimes I have actually written to authors that, may have had a book come out in the last four or five years that I'm just now finding. And I find that the themes are still relevant. So I would say when it comes to that, you know, if it's something that is relevant to what is being discussed today, you know, I, I, I think books have the, you know, the, the great privilege of being timeless in a lot of ways, that some of their, their stories are always going to be fresh. And if it's something that fits into a narrative that's going on, I'd say, you know, don't worry about, you know, the actual year that the book was initially published, as long as it is relevant and people can still find some relevance in it to what's going on today. Well, that is great, very encouraging. I'm glad to hear that. Um, okay, so we've done 156 shows here. I'd like to hear your uh, opinion of the, the top five mistakes that, that guests will make uh, on an appearance. Probably for me, when and I again have a very conversational style. I I, I want people to be themselves. Um, I am an individual who encourages that. Um, but I the one mistake that I think happens, and I, some of it might be nervousness, is that you introduce them and it's like they're off to the races and they feel like they try <laughs> to get everything in. You may ask them one question and they try to get everything in um, and. 
you look at the clock and they've been talking for six minutes um, without you being able to get a word in edgewise. So I would say make sure you keep your thoughts um, thoughts short. Um, answer the question that's actually asked to you, um, and wait and wait on the the interviewer to be able to say something else that you can then respond to. Because otherwise, I think you lose the audience. Um, that that's one thing for me. Um, the other is to actually know your material. I know it sounds. I mean, kind of ridiculous, but I have interviewed some people, and I've actually had one guest say, hey, you know what, that is in there, in, in the book. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, that's the book. <laughs> <laughs> so, shouldn't you have known that was But I think some of it, you know, you have one thing in your mind that you think people will ask you about, and if they go to something else, you kind of say, okay, well, you know, didn't think about that. Um, that, that. That would be another thing. You know, what I think also is a third thing that has always amazed me, um, is how it, it seems as though when I ask a question about the goal of a book, because I think there are a lot of people who have stories in them, but when I ask, you know, what is your objective with this book, some people have problems with that. They don't seem to really know. They just had the story they wanted to write. And so I think to know exactly why this is something that deserves people's time, I think that's a very legitimate question. Um, those would be the top three for me that I have run into um, as far as problems. One, you know, being able to pace yourself. You don't, don't feel as though you have to get everything in. I typically give 20 minutes to a guest for our program, especially our hour show. Um, they get 20 minutes um, with just a couple commercial breaks. So they have time to kind of, kind of pace. So I would say, you know, one, of course – pace the second you know make sure that you know your own material uh, that that you're you're coming on you know to be able to talk about and then three have an objective in mind that you be able to tell us exactly why this is something we should care about and that we would should want to read about great great i am i am in agreement with you i, I think if irene was here she would agree that the the motor mouth is the worst type of guest to have. We'll, we'll actually be chatting in the chat window for five or ten minutes and waiting for them to come up for air. Anyway, uh, this gives me a little segue into the next question, which is, um, and you might not have an opinion, but I'll ask anyway, is approaching uh, Internet talk shows versus AM talk radio or other media formats, is there any important differences that people should know? You know, I, I have to say, as someone who's had the honor of, of doing both now, I actually, my program is started off on an FM station. We're still on an FM station. But we picked up uh, through Blog Talk, and now it's been five years ago. And now we have a new station out of D.C. just this year that, that now covers our show as well. I, I think there, um, the, the only thing I would say, again, it goes back to knowing knowing the audience, um, especially um, for my show, to be honest with you, it was a challenge initially um, because the, the FM station that I was on uh, was a primarily African-American station. Um, but when I when I took the position of the talk show, I knew that I wanted the show to be indicative of my life and what I'm used to, which is not just a you know an African American audience. And I knew I wanted to be able to open the door up for everyone, and we were able to do that, and we've been able to do it now for almost nine years. And so I would I would say you know again it goes back to what we talked about initially, knowing the audience of that station, but also knowing the host and knowing you know exactly what they could expect. You know, I think, too, um, there is some um, leniency given to Internet uh, stations when it comes to themes of books. Um, I'm, I personally, just because of my own preference, I don't interview a lot of erotica uh, authors um, of erotic fiction. Um, that is just my preference. Um, 
you know, some people are a lot more outlandish on their shows on the internet, and that you know that fits into their persona. Um, it's not who I am, and so I, I try to still, even though we're heard on the internet, and I can kind of have more leeway there. I, I I still tend to to leave it to a more conservative base, um, with an objective in mind, instead of just doing something because I have the free will to do it. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a good, a really good point, Cyrus. Um, and in talking about objectives, I, I was going to ask you about um, about fiction authors, especially, mm-hmm. um, because you you talked a lot about issues and how um, if the issue is relevant, you'll interview the person. So, and and that makes sense to me with nonfiction books. But what about with with fiction authors? How do you? Uh, Determine which fiction authors to interview, and do you do you want them to have some sort of a connection between their their novel and current issues? You know, for me, I have, uh, and I, I love fiction. Um, I, I have um, every book that I can think of that I've had on the show at least the past few years, even though they may not have been seen as an issue book. I've been able to find issues in them. Um, uh, one that that sticks out to me just now because this is the month that people are bringing awareness to lupus. I interviewed an author just last month who wrote a fiction book about a a woman who had um, you know, who uh, suffered from lupus, but she had so many other issues in the book that I thought was interesting. Um, the initial the initial thought of the book was about how she was able to deal with the illness, but the bigger part that I took away from the book was how she was able to deal with life in general and how she was able to make the changes in her own life. So I have just, I guess it goes back to my inquisitive nature. I, you know, even though you don't, I, I know it's fiction, a lot of it is to entertain, but I've always found something in it that I have been able to learn from and glean from that I can then share with the audience. It doesn't have to be, a, you know, their primary thing when they're approaching me about their book. Um, you know, if it's just a book, that's fine. I had a guest on the program last week uh, who wrote a fantasy thriller, but I still found some great themes in there about honor and family and and, and integrity. Um, so we, we touched on those points because I thought they were great for the story. Um, I just think, to be honest with you, if it's a great if it's a great book, there will be something there that people can take away, and that's that's what I try to bring out. Okay, so do you ever have issues with um, the author? The author sort of understanding that because I know sometimes um, I do I do the the written interviews for read reviews and a lot of the times we end up discussing the author's writing process and uh, you know how they create their fictional characters and those sorts of things but I don't know if that's necessarily always of interest to the listeners who are readers and not writers so do you right. do you think that um, authors that it, that it's worth discussing the writing process with authors or is that something you stay away from? You know, I actually encourage it, and the reason being is because what I try to do, and initially I have to say when I was first started just on the radio, most people were listening in because they knew me for books. So, um, But I, I have now found that um, in every process, whether it's being a writer or being an accountant or whatever it, it might be, um, everyone has the passion for what they love. For the individual I'm talking to, it just might be that they write. For other people, it might be carpentry or molding. Or, but I think that process helps us to say, you know what, you know, maybe I'm not a writer, but I know what they're talking about because of what I feel, the process I go through to create X or Y or Z. So I think it's important because I think we can find some relevancy there. 
and also a theme that the listener, regardless of what their own personal interest might be, something that they can be able to say, you know what, just as this person was able to do this in their writing process, add this or take this away, I can use this in my own process in my life also. So that's why I always encourage it because I think it shows uh, the universal quality of being able to, you know, make the right decisions about your craft and then be able to make it the best it can be. Okay, great. Yeah, I I agree with that. I I actually find it very interesting, but then I'm a writer myself, so I've always <laughs> yeah. wondered if the yeah. people that I don't write are 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 interested. But yeah, I can see how that applies to, you know, whatever processes and steps you go through in your life. Right. Um I I wanted to ask you too about uh in terms of of an author just starting out, like they've just published their first book and they're looking for interviews. Um do you have any any advice or guidelines in terms of how to go about getting interviews? I, I know that lots of authors think, oh, Oprah's going to call them and they're going to be on the Oprah show, which is not anymore, but you used to hear that all the time. And, right, and right. Do you feel that there's a there's a sort of a stepping stone and maybe they should start with internet radio or something like that instead? You know, that that's a good question. I have, as a person who has always dreamed big and and tried to go for go for it as much as I can. I think I think that I would always recommend to individuals to go for it all. Go ahead and try to get your local news. I know when I first started off in doing what I do here in Mississippi, I would, you know, write the press releases at that point and fax them over to the the news the local newspapers and the you know the ready the regular affiliates. Um and and then of course internet at the time internet radio shows weren't as big from what I knew, uh, but today I think, yeah, I mean, still do that, still email, you know, your local news stations, email your local radio stations, but yeah, definitely look again, it goes back to what we were saying earlier, I think, look for the shows online, because there's so many of them, that the shows that might give you a chance, that may welcome first-time authors, um, and and I think if you do that, I think you'll find people who will understand, just like you, um, who might be writers themselves, how difficult it is. Um, for myself, I'm not a published author per se. Um, so, but I do understand, you know, the, that you know it takes some time to to build up that resume. So, you know, where people actually do respect what you've done, they don't, you know, because unfortunately, I've met some show hosts that if you're not a best-selling, you know, X, um, they don't want to talk to you. So, I think it's important to know that not everyone is like that. Um, that there are people out there that actually do want you to succeed and they're willing to give you that break. So, yeah, just do – it goes back to your research. Just make sure you're doing the, the research. Great. Let's talk for a minute about uh, about the ideal pitch. I'm guessing that most people contact you by email these days. Right. Uh, do you want, like, a, a short synopsis that gets to the point, or do you want – to hear, see everything about the book, or uh, you know, what's the right level of information for you? Yeah, in fact, I got a few today. I mean, it, yeah, the, a short synopsis, just something because for me, because I, I get so many of them. Um, a short synopsis would be great, letting me know again what formats it's available in, because that is not always a deal breaker, but it will determine. Because I mentioned, you know, the e-readers are, are just for me personally, are a slower read for me. So letting me know what formats it's available in, 
Um, and and again, going back to objective, what you're hoping you know to come to come out of it, you know, what you're hoping to do just to bring attention to it, um, or you know, or what your actual goal is. Uh, that is really the information I need to be able to consider at that point, um, if and when I'll be able to get you on. So yeah, just just a short synopsis, uh, letting me know you know what it's about, who you are, and and how the book's available, and that that will help me to get started. Great. Um, any uh, tips for uh, phone etiquette in terms of guests, when they should arrive, what type of phone they should use, or or how to get a quiet environment for those types of connections? Yeah, that's always a big one. I, you know, uh, just like for me with this, I always encourage them to use a landline. I encourage them to call in at least five minutes early. Um, that's just my thing. I, I have in my old age, I'll be 37 this this summer, but in my old age, I'm becoming a little bit more um, uh, I, I'm more insistent on that because I like to know before, you know, I, I think part of it, sometimes there's that nervousness there. And if they're able to talk to me a little bit beforehand, uh, it, it kind of helps to settle things down before they get on and I'm able to talk to them and let them know, just take your time. Um, so five minutes early is fine. I'm always there ten minutes before the show even starts, so they're able to get in contact with me directly with any questions. Um, but I think that that's really the main thing, and then make sure yeah that you're not on the subway. Make sure that you're not, uh, you know, outside trying to hail a cab. Um, there, you know, and I've had a little bit of all of that, um, you know, with the barking dog, and you know, just making sure that they know that this is a representation of them. Um, the host is going to be there the next day. They're not going to be. And to make sure that it's it's the best representation that they can give all around and what they're saying and also the environment that they're in. Definitely. Great, great stuff. Um, so how about talking points? I happen to like the format that, that you sent us your talking points in, but I've seen all kinds of crazy stuff. How can people write some talking points that make sense? You know, that, I think, too, it goes back to the third thing I mentioned earlier about what they should do. Know, know your material. Know, know, what it, know what you have, you know, have written about. And then, again, being able to know, you know, know yourself and the show enough. I think if you really have done your research on the show, you will have an idea of what you should mention if you're going to be sending over talking points um, that the host will then be able to, to gravitate toward. Now, me personally, um, it's, it's ironic because I, I typically don't like them. I, I don't normally even look at them um, <laughs> because of the fact uh, I don't like to – I, when I, I first started in 2003, I would – the very first show, I had a script. By the end of that show, it was it was starting off <laughs> so bad, and I was look thinking to myself, you know what, this is not me. This was not who I was. So me personally, I know I do better just being able to converse with someone, just just sitting down, just like I'm just meeting you, and getting to know who you are, and to let it be about us with people just listening. So I always tell people again, if you know the format that that you know, even if you're you know you know my conversational style. If you want to just, you know, send me some bullets of things that you mentioned, once I've read the book anyway, I'll be able to say, okay, yeah, that's definitely something I can look at and be able to touch on. Uh, and, again, I understand not everyone has the luxury of being able to read the book ahead of time, and that's fine. Uh, but I think to make sure that it's something that's relevant, again, um, to what's going on and, and that the, the host will be able to actually use to engage listeners well. Yeah, I, I think that 
that is is very interesting, Cyrus. That you don't like talking points because I I remember the first time I was I was actually a guest on this show the first time, and I had all my talking points and all my I had everything written out with my notes spread around so that I could look at them in case I panicked and forgot what I wanted to say. I could just read my script and <laughs> and uh, it didn't go very well for me. <laughs> they asked me to be the co-host anyway, so yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just it's much easier if it's just a just a conversation and you yeah. just you feel more relaxed and uh, pretend like nobody else is listening. I think that works especially with uh, with internet because um, Vic- Victor will uh, will edit out anything that goes wrong. Um, I wanted to ask you about some of your some of your hosts, or I mean, some of your guests that you had. I, I see yeah. on your websites that you've interviewed some Pulitzer Prize um, winning authors, and I'm just wondering. Like what percentage of the authors that you interview do you actually go out and and search for or invite, and how many do you just get uh, come looking for you, and and how do you uh, you know what what is your whole process in terms of finding the guests? Now that is that has been I have to say a very fortunate part of what I've done. Uh, I remember again going back to when I started on just the radio station here in Mississippi. Um, I didn't realize at the time because I was you know this is something I didn't go to school for this. I just thought this was a platform that I could do some good in. And when I got the first pack from Simon & Schuster, they actually had heard my show online. I didn't even realize the radio station was heard online. Uh, and so they heard me interview an author who was published by Kensington that was in Mississippi. And they said, hey, we have an author who's coming through your way. Would you like to interview them? But I thought, well, oh, that's interesting. And, and it's continued now where... Simon & Schuster and Random House are always now sending me people um, to interview, either if they're not coming through Mississippi per se, but just uh, you know have a new book out. Um, you know, And it's been a real honor for me to be able to do that. I would say at this point, honestly, more than 70% of the guests I interview come to me uh, at this point. Um, it hasn't always been that way, but it, you know, rarely now, and I would say every guest I've interviewed this week actually came to me. Um, Everyone from Taylor Hicks um, to today, we had um, celebrity driller on um, Mark Lash. You know, it, and I think it, it's just a testament—not so much for me, but the platform and the way that we try to use the platform of the of the show to welcome everyone and to make them feel comfortable. And so, um, you know, for me, I, I don't mind if I'm on the internet. If I am in a bookstore, because I do still go to bookstores—the ones that we have here that are left—and uh, if I see a book um, and I enjoy the book. I'll reach out to the author and say, hey, I don't know if you're interested, um, but I would love to have you on. Or if someone recommends a book to me, I will, you know, then I enjoy it. I'll reach out to the author and say, hey, you know, I have this this show. Would you like to come on and talk about the book? So, um, you know, it's been a, a great mixture, but at this point, like I said, most of them do. In fact, all the Pulitzer Prize winners, all of those were brought to me from the publishers. And what about um, you've you've been interviewing people now for about nine or ten years, you said. So, yeah. have you have you seen any? What kinds of changes have you seen with authors that you've interviewed over over the course of time? Are you getting um, more and more authors coming wanting their books um, interviewed, and are you getting more that are actually only in ebook format? Or what what are kinds of changes have you seen? You know that that has been interesting to me, and I and. You know, I used to have a very strict policy that I didn't interview anyone who was strictly ebook. Um, but then I, I kind of caught myself realizing that, you know what, for some of them, they may not really have that many places to go. 
They're not in bookstores. You know what I'm saying? So their their options are limited. So I've le- I've eased up on that, but I do tell them it will probably be be two months. I have to book them two months out. Um, and I've read some really good books that are just e-books. Um, I, I, I'm getting, I'll tell you what I am getting. I'm getting more that are actually offering both. And so, you know, of course for me, I still ask for the, the hard copy. But, I mean, if they if they only have the, you know, the e-reader format, um, you know, I, I will interview them. I just don't, because of my the way my schedule is, I, I just don't um, book a lot of them. Quite frankly, that that are just uh, on ebooks. Um, I, I had a guest that was on the show just a couple of weeks ago, and um, his book is only available um, through the the Kindle, um, and I have it on the Kindle on PC. And I read the book. Uh, it took me probably in all about three days um, to read it on on the PC. Um, but it's a really good book, and I thought, you know what? If I had not read it, I, I would really be kicking myself um, because it was really well written. Um, but that's just the format that's available to him at this time. So, you know, I understand the evolution is out there. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I had a great conversation with John Saul just, just a couple months ago, and he and I were talking about the evolution of books. And he surprised me when he told me that um, he does not buy books anymore. Uh, he says he goes in bookstores, he sees what he wants, and he orders them off Kindle. Um, you know, and I understand that's probably the you know the way things are headed more and more. Um, but I still like the option, and I, and I prefer when people can give me the option than trying to, for lack of a better way of saying it, force my hand into getting it into a format I don't necessarily read. And so you you don't own a uh, e reader, you just read them no. on your PC, is what right. You're I just read the okay. Kindle on PC. Okay. I just, I'm, what, I'm, can I, can uh, I ask I'm, you I'm why? Very, um, very, yeah, I'm very slow to change. I have <laughs> to tell you, um, uh, I'm, I'm very slow to change, and uh, it's. Um, it's just one of those things for me. Of course, I'm also the guy who just got a DVD player three years ago. So, so it's, okay. it's you know, it's it's just my personality. Um, I I'm just not an e-reader guy. Well, that that interests me because you're about four years younger than I am, and I think I'm old-fashioned for my age. But <laughs> I uh, I do have a Kindle, though I don't read it very much. Um, Victor, I'll I'll turn it over to you. Sure. Cyrus, I'm embarrassed to say I don't know whether you do listener call-ins on your show, but I'm wondering, do you have any ideas for how guests can handle themselves in terms of that? Yeah. You know, I I, I do them not as often as I used to. When I was just on radio, I did them more often. Um, but I don't like, I don't, I don't enjoy anyone being ambushed. Uh, and I go back to the the format of the way I want people to feel when they come on the show, and I want them to feel like they can trust me to give them the best presentation. <laughs> when you're taking call-ins, and my, I have a great um, producer for for the blog talks out of the show, and he, he does screen the calls there. But I, I just when I'm doing just a radio show, I don't take call-ins because you just never know what they're going to say. Um, I haven't had any experiences over the past couple of years um, but I have had some um, that have been very uncomfortable for me, so I know they've been uncomfortable for the guests. And so I, I, I tend to stay away from them unless we're doing a a show with a big theme. Now, I do a show every month called The Business of Books. It's a one-hour special, and during that segment, um, we have authors on that have published in various formats to talk about the business side of what they do, the advertising, the promotional aspect. And for that, we do take the callers. 
um, but we do screen them also. So, you know, I, if I'm going to take callers, I make sure the guest knows that ahead of time um, to try to give them that, that type of preparation. But we also try to make sure that, you know, we know exactly where the you know, where the caller's coming from as far as their, their questioning goes. Great. Thanks for that. Um, this is kind of a technical question, but I'll throw it out anyway. It seems that every different show has a, a policy about what you're allowed to do in terms of a recording of the show. There's some shows that say, you know, don't you dare download this or make a copy of our show or we'll sue you. And others they are like, well, you, you can co- post a copy of the show on your own website if you want. So is there a, a way to negotiate that with the host of the show, or, or what do you do? You know, that would explain probably why I get asked about. I, I'm actually asked about that quite a bit. You know, will, will I be able to get a, a, a you know a, a copy of the interview? Um, I actually like the fact now that we are, for the past few years, have used Blog Talk. One of the things I like about them is that they make it instantly available for people to go back and to re, you know replay it or share it. I, I personally don't understand a show that wouldn't want that to be the case because it's only helping you as well. It's helping get the word out um, to another audience about your program. And if it was a great interview, especially, you know, it lets people know um, what your skills are. And also it might lead to uh, to, to future guests. So um, I, I welcome it uh, for them to share it um, however they might. I I'm very big on promoting our shows on the social sites. Uh, I do that, uh, even though I don't have a Kindle. I do use the social media sites quite a bit. And so I'm always posting the links there and letting people know that it's available for download. So no, I, I, I personally would be one of those who would say, yeah, the more that share, the better. Great. Glad to hear it. <laughs> and I guess we'll end off with uh, asking you, what's the right way to handle post-interview follow-up? With the host, you know, I have um, I always after the show, and actually this ties into to what you just asked me because what I will typically do if I if the interview was set up directly with me with the author, I will email them, thank them for coming on the show, and I do this every day actually. Tell them for thanks for coming on, and I send them a link of the show with that email. Um, you know, I get emails sometimes, you know, that are very nice from people who, you know, talk about how much they enjoyed the experience, or the, sometimes they even will send me a letter in the mail. I think, you know, all of that is nice. Um, you know, I, I definitely would recommend staying in contact. Um, you know, maybe it's a host that's not able to, uh, because of their schedule, able to personally write you afterwards. But, yeah, I think, you know, for a guest, go ahead and send them an email if you can or a message somehow and say, hey, you know, thanks for the interview. I think that that would be a great thing to do. Um, you know, I, I think um, it, it, it's, a, it's a win-win for all of us, I think, for us to actually do the interviews as well as those who are being interviewed. We need each other. And I think that the, mo- the more that we can stay in contact with each other, I think, the better. And so afterwards, you know, yeah, if you can, you know, say, hey, you know, if you're the guest, um, would love to stay in contact with you, would love to come back. I've even had some guests say, hey, if you need a quick uh, fill-in, uh, make sure you keep me posted. Would love, you know, and those kind of things. Are, I, I remember that because I think it's great to know that that, that they enjoyed uh, their time on the show and that they're they're willing to come back. That's a great tip, especially about you know offering yourself up as a fill-in. That's yeah. a great idea. Well, I want to thank you on behalf of Irene, who couldn't make it here tonight. And now we will give you a chance to plug everything you can, your website, your Twitter handle, uh, whatever you got. 
Okay. Well, I think the best site for people to go to to find out everything about what I do would probably be uh, my my personal site, which is www.cyruswebpresents.com, and it's C-Y-R-U-S. W-E-B-B presents with an S dot com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Cyrus Webb. Um, that's C-Y-R-U-S W-E-B-B and also I'm on Twitter um, at Cyrus Webb as well. Awesome. This has been another podcast edition of Authors Access where authors get published and published authors get successful. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website which is authorsaccess.com. Stay tuned for our next episode, Maximizing Ebook Sales on Kindle, Nook, Kobo, iBook, Overdrive, and many other platforms. We'd love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send us your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. Authors Access is a joint production of Reader Views Incorporated and Loving Healing Press. And for Reader Views, this is Tyler Tischler filling in for Irene Watson. And I'm Victor Volkman in Ann Arbor, Michigan, wishing you all a good evening. <laughs>